0: Hello, Damn Happy Damn Healthy fam, and welcome to episode number 88 of the Damn Happy
1: Damn Healthy podcast. I am so, so, so happy to be back right now. Literally, I am ecstatic. I cannot wait to record this episode, but first things first, I just wanted to say hi, just wanted to say I love you. If you're new here, I'm Chelsea and I am your host of the Damn Happy, Damn Healthy podcast. I have been out on a maternity leave and with the episodes airing previous to this one, we did some like flashbacks into some of our most popular episodes, but now that I'm back, I couldn't be more excited to dive into this first episode, our birth story, and just kind of talk you guys through what's went down the last 11 weeks almost, or 11 weeks today, I think, actually. So, Super excited to talk to you guys. Super excited to be here. Let's dive in. So the last time I would have recorded an episode for the podcast, I would have been very pregnant and um, just uh, getting ready to dive into mom life. And here I am, a full-blown mom. Just crazy for me to even say that. Even when I like call myself mommy, like, it's random, and this is probably gonna be filled with tons of tangents this episode, but whenever I, like, call myself mommy or mama, Therese, or actually one of the most wild ways of, like, feeling, feeling odd about being a mom is when, like, I say mom, to Reese, to my mom. (laughs) Does that make sense? Where I'm like, oh yeah, Reese's mama, or like something like that, but I'm talking to my mom. And it's just so odd for me to like call myself a mom, but here I am, (laughs) a mom. And I am loving, loving, loving my life um, these days, and taking care of Reese, and getting to know him, and getting to know our new routine, and all of the things. So I will have more to come with that and more to come with how um, I'm adjusting as far as my health and my fitness routine go and all of that kind of stuff, but today I wanted to get into the highly requested birth story. I have had so many people message me over the last 11 weeks asking how things went, asking how things went down, and I just thought this would be the easiest place to kind of really tell you guys all the deets about what went down when it comes to Reese being just like so amazingly brought into the world. So I um, will start by saying that I am just going to tell you guys this story from my perspective and how things um, played out for us. Um, I know that labor and delivery and birth is different for every single woman, so um, I am telling you this from my perspective and telling you this from like what went down for me, but if you are currently pregnant, um, know, that, know that this is something that's different for everyone and that um, your decisions are your decisions and how your um, birth and labor and delivery play out. Um, is just ama- just as amazing, just as wonderful. And um, it's going to be unique to you. And even if you've already had had a baby, that that story and that um, how things went down for you is unique to you as well too. So just want to say that, do that little asterisk here just because um, I'm going to speak um, very rawly. I guess, is that even a word? <laughs> I'm going to speak um, from experience and that's That's it. I'm not giving any advice, not pushing you to do things a certain way, but here we are. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now that I got that out of the way, let's dive into the birth story. So I will start um, prior to even being in labor because I think for our sake, that is kind of important. Um, So When I was like progressing through all of my appointments throughout pregnancy, um, outside of the beginning, the beginning of our pregnancy was a little abnormal. Um, If you go back a few several episodes and there is a episode, I don't remember the exact episode number, but I have an episode um, about like us going to be parents and Um, me finding out that I was pregnant um, and the earlier stages and what all went down during that portion of my pregnancy go have a listen to that but we had we had some um I was on an activity restriction and I had just some um a subchorionic hemorrhage in the first part of my pregnancy um that alleviated itself but um that kind of portion of my pregnancy was a little bit abnormal in the first trimester but once I entered the second trimester and the third trimester things went really well and um things looked as they should. So, progressed throughout all of my prenatal appointments and things were going really well. Well, I went to my 36-week appointment and at this point, um, this is when you start doing weekly appointments, which is just wild. I feel like once you hit 30 weeks, things fly by. It's just like light, light speed. (laughs) So crazy. Um, I thought all of pregnancy went really fast. My husband did not, but he did say once we hit 30 weeks, he felt like things went by pretty quickly. But anyway, um, I went through pregnancy, um, doing pretty well. However, at my 36-week appointment, and this is during COVID time, so unless I had an ultrasound at RoboB office, um, if you had an ultrasound, your significant other or a guest could go with you to the appointment. If you did not have an ultrasound, then you had to go to the appointment by yourself. So, 36-week appointment, standard appointment. I um, went to the appointment by myself, and. They were doing all of the usual things, you know, they weigh you, they, um, take a urine sample, they, uh, measure your belly, so on and so forth. Well, at my 36-week appointment, when they measured my belly, um, I was measuring pretty small, um, and they had shown some concern with me measuring small and they wanted to do an ultrasound just because, um, They wanted to confirm that everything was okay with Reese and that um, he was doing fine. And so I actually um, very conveniently was able to get in that same day for the ultrasound. However, unfortunately, because I didn't have a scheduled ultrasound, my husband, Clint, was not at that appointment with me. (laughs) So I'm like going through all this by myself. So in the midst of things, I am a nervous Nelly. I'm not going to lie. Like I am such a nervous Nelly, and so I was super nervous I was kind of stressed um texted I think I called or texted Clint and was kind of filling him in and had to kind of wait around quite a while because they just like squeezed me in for the ultrasound well when I had my ultrasound um that confirmed that Reese was um small um that he was Um, Presenting small which when you measure a baby on ultrasound it can be like plus or minus a pound But I think at this point I was 36 weeks and they had predicted that he was only about five pounds um Because of this The my ob had suggested that if I hadn't had reese by 38 weeks Which we didn't predict that I would because I hadn't like progressed at all Like it wasn't like I was dilated or anything Um, my cervix I believe was soft I think Um, but nothing no dilation or cervix was maybe softening I guess Um, so we didn't anticipate that I would have him before 38 weeks but because he was small they would prefer that if I didn't have him by 38 weeks that I would be induced um, because they nothing as far as like his organs and everything that was going on looked good inside the womb. The only problem was growth and that he was smaller or predicted to be small. So, um, they had said they would prefer that he grow outside of the womb in case there was like some sort of nourishment issue that they couldn't like detect. Um, and yeah, so that's like how I would say that, I guess. I don't, it's kind of yeah <laughs> anyway um so for me i was like really confused by it when they first told me that and it's because i was like well if he's not big then why wouldn't you like why would you want him to be delivered sooner like that was one of my questions like it seemed backwards in my mind but they want to be able to nourish him and help him grow outside of the womb in case there was an issue inside and so at um it was so funny I called Clint after that appointment because I, like, had the ultrasound. Everything looked good except for the fact that he did measure small. Um, the measurement on the ultrasound can be plus or minus a pound, so you just never know. Um, so he could have been four pounds. He could have been six pounds at this point. We didn't know, um. I call Clint and I tell everyone I wish I had this conversation recorded. Um, Because at this point, we think we have like a month, maybe longer. Because I never in a million years dreamed that I would deliver early. I just didn't. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be that woman that's like 42 weeks pregnant and still waiting. Uh, But I... um, Because I still felt good. Like, I felt... I don't know how to describe it. Like, I didn't feel like I was like ready to pop out a baby. (laughs) Um, But... Anyway I call Clint and I say okay like here's what they said like the ultrasound did confirm that he is small and that they would prefer that I would be induced early um, induced at my 38 week, week appointment and he's like oh yeah okay and I'm like yeah so that is in like two weeks and he's like wait what? He's like, we're having a baby in two weeks or like <laughs> something like that. Like, his, his reaction was, like, so funny. I think he even laughed a little bit because, like, we were not prepared for, like, to have a baby in two weeks. I mean, we had all the things that we need. I'm not going to say we weren't prepared because you truly only need, like, diapers in yourself. Like, you really don't need very much for a newborn. Um, But uh, he's like, no way. And I'm like, yes way. We are either having a baby in um, the next two weeks or in two weeks. (laughs) It was just so wild. Um, I texted my family because so ironically the night before my mom was asking for like guesses on the due date and we were like doing this little poll to see who would like who would win the win the win win to see who gets the closest due date or whatever and I sent a text to my family and I said, well, we are all wrong because Reese will not be born in May. (laughs) He'll be born in April. (laughs) It's because everybody guessed uh, May dates because my due date was May 10th. Um, Anyway, Reese was born on April 29th. Um, Fast forward, I did not have Reese before my 38 weeks. Um, so at my 37 week appointment, we scheduled an induction on Wednesday, May 28th, and we, um, went in for that because I hadn't had him yet. So, um, leading up to that felt amazing, was packing our house, getting ready for our, um, getting ready for our move, getting ready for a baby, all the things. Um, and so we went into our 30, um, Thirty-eight week um, induction on that Wednesday morning, (laughs) and it felt so wild. Even at that point, to be like driving to have a baby, like I worked out the day before, I still felt great. Did not feel like I was like at at that point where it was like this baby is coming. Like it just it's just such a different experience. And so we went to that appointment, and we had to be there I think at 7 a.m. So we got up and they told me I could eat breakfast. So I ate a good breakfast and we drove to the hospital to have a baby. And I remember walking in and just feeling like like it wasn't like real yet. It was like so odd. Like it was just like any other appointment. But we go in and I would say like by the time things got rolling or it was time to get going with anything, it was probably like, 8 a.m., um, maybe even closer to 9 by the time, like, all the stuff went down. Um, we had to do, like, I had to get a COVID test. I had to, um, what else did I have to do? Um, like, all the, like, admitting sort of things. I'm, I'm not even gonna go into detail about that, but I was, like, laughing so hard because, my OB had had mentally prepared me and said like you're probably not gonna have this baby on the 28th like you're probably gonna have the baby on the 29th and I picked the 28th to go in because the OB that I wanted to deliver with shout out to Dr. Twixay at Mercy One in Waterloo I love her (laughs) she's amazing um she um she was going to be on call two days in a row, Wednesday and Thursday. So the likelihood of her delivering my baby and being there for us was very high if we went in on Wednesday. So she had warned me, said, this is going to be a long road. Like you are not dilated. You are not like your body is not like showing signs of labor. It's going to be a while. <laughs> so you're probably not going to have this baby on on Wednesday. Um, so she had mentally prepared us for that, but we had like started the process of things and... The first thing that they had made the decision to do, and this is all such a blur, so I really hope that I can like reflect back and remember everything, but um, they wanted to do, and this is, I'm going to just lay it all out, so um, for anybody listening, um, if you don't want to hear all of these details, then fast forward. (laughs) So they wanted to do a vaginal um, like placement of this like medication or this pill that would induce dilation, okay? Um so that was like the first first piece of the puzzle as far as like my induction goes that they wanted to get me dilated before utilizing pitocin, which is like the drug that they use in order to like induce labor. So they did a I don't remember what the medication was, I don't remember all those details, but um, vaginally placed a pill. Um, they quickly realized um, early afternoon that this pill um, was like influencing, like I, I was like having contractions, not nothing painful, at least in my experience, they were actually a little bit surprised that I wasn't like feeling them more than I was um but i was contracting quite a bit but the dilation wasn't happening like they had wanted it to like the pill itself um they yeah it just wasn't working like they had thought it would and you can eventually give like two or three doses of it i received one dose of the pill and the vaginal uh, medication and they had decided that it was time to go a different direction because I was contracting but not dilating and they did not want to put stress on the baby and me. So they wanted to kind of take things a different route. So at that point, um, I think this is at like one in the afternoon maybe. And this is hilarious. I have to insert this in. Like if y'all know my husband, Clint, like he literally cannot sit still. Like and when we first got in there and they they kind of mentally prepared us already but then prepared us again for like this being a long haul i was just laughing because and i even remember sending a snapchat to my family and saying like the the real the real hard part about labor is going to be like entertaining clint for the next 24 hours <laughs> and at that point they had brought me in like a birthing ball to like sit on just like to have in the room and was like bouncing on it and rolling on it and nobody else was in the room except for us but I have videos of it and it's just hilarious like so 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 funny um and he is just like bouncing off the walls and I'm like oh dear lord what am I gonna do with this guy for the next day and a half in this room um anyway <laughs> It's just a little side story, but it's about one o'clock and this is when they had kind of said that like we've got to switch directions and so my doctor came into the room and she had previously already told me about the option to do a... Um, Like balloon dilation and that this is something that we might have to go to. Um, She told me about this, I think it was at my 37-week appointment, um, but just had told me about it as an option and that it's something that we could potentially have to kind of dive into, um, but didn't know it at the time. So here we are, we're at that point, and she had said that, um, because the medication itself was not dilating me, they had suggested that we do the balloon um, mechanical dilation. So essentially what they do, they fill, they have like a liquid filled, well, they put, they place a device in your, in your cervix. And um, they then once the device is placed, fill the device with fluid and by filling that device with fluid, um, this like mechanically dilates you, I should say. So they're mechanically like dilating you utilizing this balloon device. Um, It's said to be uncomfortable and painful and they had warned me that ahead of time and told me that um, any like medication that I needed or any like support that I needed in order to like feel comfortable was going to be provided and they asked me if this is the route that I wanted to go and I I said yes Um, and in my experience um, the balloon itself I will say was more uncomfortable than painful. I would not describe it as painful. I was expecting it to be painful, honestly. Um, I I do think that I have like a higher pain tolerance, um, whatever that means. <laughs> um, but I um, did offer the balloon dilation, and I think that, so they placed the balloon, and the balloon can be placed for anywhere, Get get your get ready for this for anywhere from twelve to twenty four hours, <laughs> and that just like blew my mind. So Clint, at this point, I had to tell you that previous story. He's like, oh my gosh. So this is like probably two in the afternoon at this point, and the next time, like when they're going to like, we opted like we we're we we're gonna take this thing out at twelve hours. <laughs> we just kind of like gracefully said that. So, um. That's like 2 a.m. the the next day. So this is 2 p.m. And they're like, okay, yeah, like 2 a.m. We'll see. I mean, they check it every so often um, to see how things are going. But like in our minds, we had like, okay, I'm going to be dilated and ready to like do Pitocin at 2 a.m. <laughs> that just seemed like a long haul, 12 hours down the road. Um, so I had the balloon dilation placed on... Um, when, like I said, I, at that point, never, I, I did not opt for any, like, pain medication or my epidural early, um, because I was not in pain. I was just, it's, it's uncomfortable. That's how I would describe it. Um, it just feels foreign to have, um, the object placed, so, and to have it sit in there. So, the, the next, um, Several hours were okay. I did have a point, um, shortly after having the balloon placed, where I probably had like a 20 minute time span where I was like really feeling some back contractions and feeling it in my back, and it was just crazy. And I, I again didn't like opt for any medication or anything at that point, and they just seemed to, uh, like the contractions themselves did not go away, but like the intensity and the pain that I was experiencing from them went away fairly quickly. So there was like a 20 minute time span, really odd, 20 minute time span. I remember Clint's like, he told me after the fact, he was like, oh my gosh, like are things gonna be like this for for the next 12 hours? Like he was worried. And I'm like, I was worried too, <laughs> but anyway, um. At 20 minutes passed and then beyond that, it was a lot of just like a waiting game. Sitting around, having the nurse come in every so often to check um, my dilation and so on. And so we played a lot of cards, we watched a lot of Netflix, we, um, Clint could e- eat dinner, I think, and then, yeah, all the things. And so at, um, later in the evening, um... I remember them checking the balloon and saying like okay like you are like dilating a little bit like but we're not quite there yet. Like we're not quite ready. But at that point I hadn't eaten all day. The only thing I think I've consumed were like liquids and I had like some Sprite. Um, I don't know if I had had a popsicle (laughs) at that point or not. I did have popsicles eventually. Um, But they had said I could eat a little something because... um, I hadn't like been, I, I wasn't quite there yet. So I did end up getting to eat some oatmeal, which was nice. Um, and again, this is all really a blur and I wish I knew what time that was. It was in the evening. I can't remember. Um, but um, beyond that, after having um, had the balloon in, it was getting like, it's maybe like getting to be like 11, 12 at night. Um they're checking the balloon again, and it—it it was I was dilating quite a bit, and um, the based on my like contractions on the monitor, and based on this whole time they're monitoring both me and Reese, um, they had said that they are going to try and they're going to remove the balloon early and that was just like crazy because I never anticipated I thought it was gonna be 2 2 30 before that thing was coming out and this is like eleven thirty 30 or midnight and they removed the balloon um device and at that point I want to say I was seven centimeters dilated so I went from like not dilated at all to seven centimeters dilated with the balloon device and when they removed that they kind of told me that they were going to remove that and then because I like had progressed that far that beyond them um removing that device they would soon break my water for me and get this process of um delivery started and and go with Pitocin and all the things. So they had told me that even though I wasn't experiencing like a ton of pain or a ton of discomfort at that point, um, if I wanted to opt to have a epidural, then now would be the time to like get the epidural and have that placed. Um, that way when things did start to, um, how do I want to say like when things did start to progress like I was already like taken care of and I wasn't like wishing I had gotten the epidural sooner so because they said that I did make the decision to do so so I um I think I got my epidural around like 12 30 or 1 a.m again at this point about seven to eight centimeters dilated um not experience I am contracting, but nothing, like, not experiencing a ton of pain, um, or discomfort, um, after that, um, throughout this time, you guys, Clint and I, like, tried to, like, nap here and there and, um, rest, but I'll be honest, I didn't really sleep a lot <laughs> at all, I just couldn't, I was too, I, there was too much going on, um, but then we, uh, how do I want to say this? Like, got the epidural, which was a fine experience. Um, and then after having gotten the epidural, one of the midwives who was on call came in and broke my water. And I believe this is like 1.30, 2 a.m. ish um, that she broke my water. And we um, just kind of we're in that waiting game again. <laughs> it's like, okay, uh, broke my water. And I believe at this point they did, um, give me, um, my first or second, again, it's a blur, um, dose of Pitocin. So they pushed Pitocin and they were ready to like get this labor thing going, um, through the night. It was very much like a waiting game. I will say at this point, I did start to feel contractions regularly. Like I I was not, again, I was not in pain. I did have an epidural, but I felt like discomfort, crampiness, that kind of thing. So it wasn't like I was like not feeling anything. They do say um, when you are in labor um, and you have an epidural, some women like feel nothing at all and some people can like still like feel their legs and like still move a little bit i could still feel my legs with an epidural like it wasn't like i I felt like numbish but i could still like it wasn't like my legs weren't there or like not functioning at all like i could i could feel my legs and move them a little bit (laughs) okay so the experience is different for everyone again but that's what i personally experienced um After that, and this is a long story, so I'm just going to keep going, you guys. Um, After that, I um, went through the night probably like, gosh, it was like 2.30 or 3, then started to just feel more discomfort as things progressed, um, and we just kind of worked our way through things. Um, That morning, I want to say it was like 7 a.m., 8 a.m.-ish, my doctor came back in and checked on things. Um, I was getting to the, I think I was like 10 centimeters dilated, getting nearly fully dilated, like very, very close to fully dilated. And um, things were still progressing, and they had my husband, Clint, he was like guessing He thought Reese was going to be born at 11.23, I want to say is the time, 11.23 a.m. And it was so funny because my doctor, Dr. Twixay, she had said that Reese was going to be here at noon. She's like, you're going to have a baby at noon today. Like, that is when he's coming. Um, And they were all, like, joking and making bets. I think I said 11.11 because wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) I mean, why wouldn't it? So, um anyway, I went through things, um, and we were eventually fully dilated, I think around 10 a.m. that morning, um, once we were fully dilated, um, they, it was time to push, and I think about, like, 10 to 10 30, um, my nurse, and, well, actually, two nurses came into the room, and it was, like, time to start pushing, and this felt really wild, like, this felt so crazy, like, oh my gosh, like, we've been here for what feels like days, which day and a half, and I'm like, now we're, now it's time, (laughs) like, it's time to start pushing, it, like, felt so unreal, like, it was like, okay, we're, like, finally here, like, we are gonna actually deliver this baby, and so, um, I think it was about 10 30 that we started pushing with every contraction, um, in the first parts of pushing, like, it wasn't anything crazy. It wasn't anything like too terrible. But I will say after having pushed and I I pushed for kind of like um, spoiler alert, Reese arrived at 12 p.m. So <laughs> when, um, when the doctor said he would. So I uh, pushed for about an hour and a half and the first like 30 minutes, 45 minutes was fine like, it was, I mean, fine, I'm not gonna call it good, I'm not gonna call it great, not gonna call it okay, but it's just fine. <laughs> pushing with every contraction, which was, like, about every minute, like, it seemed like, um, and as we're pushing, like, things are, of course, progressing, but for me, at that point, I felt like things, like, they say things are progressing, but it fe- felt like forever to me. I'm, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm starting to get really tired, I'm starting to feel very exhausted, and, like, just wondering if this is, like, ever going to happen, even though, like, of course, it has to happen, like, one way or another, Reese has got to come out, (laughs) and so at the last like thirty to forty-five minutes, um, the doctor was in there. So for the first like thirty to forty-five minutes, I was pushing with my nurses. Um, absolutely loved my nurses; they were incredible, so helpful, so supportive. Um, and then beyond that, they, the doctor was in there, and I'm pushing, and things are things are progressing. Um, but I did get to a point, and I would say we were like thirty to twenty to thirty minutes away from noon maybe even more than that like it was like right when the doctor came in so maybe like 30 to 45 minutes away from noon and i was pushing and i was starting to like really feel like anxious and helpless and with every push it just felt like i was just like so much more exhausted and like I was feeling anxious, feeling, like, panicky because I was getting to the point, like, can I do this? Like, can I push this baby out? Um, And then you have, like, all this fear, like, what if I can't do it? Like, what's going to happen? And um, my doctor was amazing. She calmed me down, but eventually she did ask me, um, I might butcher this, but she asked me if I wanted to have an episiotomy, um, which is where they do a slight, um, like, cut Um, in order to like widen your cervix and widen the opening so you can easier like make it to make it easier for you to deliver the baby and so at that time like it didn't take anything for me to say yes to that it was like absolutely um, please help me (laughs) I'm struggling and um, I remember as we were getting closer and closer and Clint was very involved like I could tell Clint felt stressed because he was like didn't know what to do, like, didn't know how to support me, like, he was supporting me, and doing incredibly well, but, like, he was very, he felt very helpless, like, I think he felt like, oh, she's doing all the work, she's doing, like, and she's struggling, like, I don't know what I can do to help her, but he was incredible, um, and we got to the point where we were about, like, 10 minutes to noon, and still pushing, still trying to, like, get this baby out, Um, and they looked at me, the doctor looked at me and she said, Chelsea, this baby is going to be here at noon. Like you you are almost there. Like I need you to keep pushing and for for me, it's so funny. I like look back And, like, I thought that five to ten minutes, like, when she told me I still had five to ten more minutes, I was like, you're shitting me, right? Like, how am I going to make it five to ten more minutes? And it's so funny because in the grand scheme of things, we had been there for a day and a half. And here I am in the last five to ten minutes. You'd think, like, I'm on the home stretch. I've got this. I can keep doing it. Like, I truly did not feel that last. Like, I don't know if I can do this. But anyway, um... Those five to ten minutes went by. We pushed and I delivered Reese at noon on the dot on Thursday, April 29th. And once he was here, like all the pain, all the discomfort, and this is such a cliche thing to say, but all the pain, all the discomfort, all the like exhaustion, like just goes away, like totally goes away. And I know you hear women say that, but it is, for me, that was was my truth. Like it is truly... The most incredible thing um, because I had had the episiotomy and I had had the tear, I and I tore a little bit more as well when I was being so they ended up calling it like a second degree tear, I think. Um, I did have to be, like, sewn up and taken care of right away. Um, They did put Reese on my chest right away, which was super incredible. But within seconds, like, he was off and being taken care of. So, like, that was kind of wild. Like, it was like I had him for a few seconds. And then they took him off my chest and they were taking care of him. And, like, you guys know, like, how in the movies, like, in the movies, that's funny. Um, in the movies, um, a baby sort of like cries or like makes some sort of noises or whatever once they're born. Well, Reese was like silent and so that freaked me out. And like, but all of like the healthcare people, the nurses, the doctors, everyone was like so calm and like, they're like, he's fine. Like, don't worry, like he's totally fine, which now I look back on I'm like, were they just telling me that? Like what was going on? But like truly he was fine. Um, But he wasn't, like, making any noises. He was just this, like, chill little baby. And so they um, took him over there, and it was so cute. Like, all of the nurses were, like, so um, obsessed with Clint's facial expressions when, one, Reese was delivered, and two, just, like, throughout this entire process. Like, they were, like, laughing and, like, giggling over Clint. They're like, this husband's facial expressions are priceless. And I'm like, I... I can I can just picture him like it he was just like over the moon, stunned, and he was like going back and forth between Reese and me in the room because like I think he just didn't know like who to be by or where to be and he was just so excited and happy and he was going back and forth and back and forth and um yeah, anyway, he was adorable. Um so they're like sewing me up and like that that process probably took like 10 to 15 minutes. I'm not going to lie and they're like taking care of Reese and then once I was done um, being sewn up, I finally got to hold Reese again, and at that point, that for me was the real, like, most amazing moment, because the chaos, um, in that first moment didn't, like, I don't want to say like took away from it being so special it was just so quick and so chaotic that when I got him back the second time that was like truly the most special special point and so they like put him on my chest and I got to hold him and he was just like the cutest baby in the history of babies <laughs> like I always say that to Clint like we have the cutest baby ever uh, which I know every mom says that but I truly believe I have the cutest baby ever um so anyway uh He was born and crazy enough, our baby was seven pounds and like 7.2 pounds, I think it was. Um, And that's just like so funny to me because he was not small. (laughs) And this happens like, and it happens to where they induce you and they predict that he's small. But remember that ultrasound prediction plus or minus a pound. So at 36 weeks, They had measured him at five pounds. He was probably six pounds, something. And then by the time I delivered him, he was seven pounds. So um, he did not end up being super small. Um, He ended up being very normal size, a healthy and happy and wonderful baby. And that is, that's our story, you guys. Um, Over the course of the, our time in the hospital we felt so supported um we did decide to stay um like two we had him at noon and we would have stayed two nights beyond that and your our insurance covered two nights um and i highly they did say we could go home on friday if we had wanted um but we did opt to stay until saturday we were having just some like latching things going on as far as like breastfeeding and kind of trying to get him comfortable with the shield because um, of like the flatness of my nipples. Like I'm just going to tell all here, (laughs) like I said. Uh, uh, So we um, had a great experience. One, just learning from the nurses over those two days and working with the lactation consultants directly over those two days. And I would not trade that time for anything. Like if you are a first-time mom, I highly recommend staying in the hospital. As long as you can. Because that time is so, so, so helpful. Like, it is just, like, incredible. All the support and help that we got. And how we can kind of get comfortable without feeling like we're all alone. Um, so, we um, had Reese. So, we arrived at the hospital on a Wednesday morning. Had Reese on Thursday at noon. And then after that, we ended up leaving the hospital on Saturday morning, so yeah, um, and he met his family and all of the things after that, but We are still on cloud nine. Um, the last 11 weeks have just been so absolutely incredible like um, I I can't say enough about them like the last 11 weeks have been so 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 amazing um, the first few weeks are super challenging and hard and life-changing and now we're kind of really finding our groove, and Reese is sleeping well, he's eating well, and he started daycare, gosh, all the things, um, I, and yeah, that's, that's the story, and I could go on, and on, and on, I feel like this episode could be, like, several hours long but i am gonna cap it here because this is about the birth story i don't need to get into the other stuff but i will um continue to kind of update you guys if you guys want an episode or want more about like postpartum and that piece of the recovery and all of that i'm more than happy to dive into that another time but um without letting this episode get out of hand long, um, I will wrap things up, we delivered a healthy and happy baby on April 29th, and we are over the moon to this day, um, falling more and more in love with him every day, it's just so insanely crazy what, like, this, like, motherhood world is like, it's just, you can never prepare yourself for it, (laughs) you truly can't, um, but, Thank you guys for listening to our story. If you have any questions, if you have any um, thing that you want to ask or that you want to comment on, definitely um, reach out. I would love to talk to you guys about this. It's been such an incredible experience for me and I want all the mamas to feel supported as they're in their journey, um, whether it's in early motherhood or you're not quite um, there yet as far as like um, the end of your pregnancy goes, whatever it might be, but I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. You guys have an amazing rest of your day and thanks for being here to listen.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Damn Happy, Damn Healthy podcast. Share some love for today's episode with a rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget, take a screenshot of this episode for your Instagram. Tag me at Chelsea Caller, and tell me your fave takeaway. I'll be talking to you again real soon, girlfriend. But until then, be damn happy and damn healthy.